Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hello, everyone. It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're going to be speaking with Jay Zarkowski, a founding partner at Cannabis Advisors. But first, we're going to get into a little bit of Cannabis Legalization News. So what's going on in the news this week, Miggy and Tom? Hey. <laughs> oh, shit. We can't hear Tom. Tom, you are you are silence. You are you are you are doing this and nothing's coming out. <laughs> It worked so well earlier. What happened? Um, I, I I don't hear you, bro. Yeah, yeah, you. Or is it me? Uh oh, wait. Is he on mute now? Am I mute? Am uh -oh. I mute? Tom's on mute. Okay. Woo. Uh, no. Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Well, we got our uh, weekly glitch. That's what yeah. we call this one. Fuck yeah. And it worked like 10 minutes ago. I fucking hate tech and I work in tech. This is the problem with tech. And I and guarantee you the guy who did this shit is sober. The guy who created this shit and fucking uh, uh, probably some uh, 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 conservative freaking uh, uh, dude who only knows one house fucking thing. And, and, and this is what you fucks up. The, the code for this shit. It worked 10 minutes ago. I know. We were just talking. <laughs> oh. get, wait. No. No! No! <laughs> oh, man. Can you hear me, Tom? Tap once for yes and two for no. Of course, if you didn't hear me, he wouldn't um, be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he can hear us. You, you, can, you, can, you, can we chat with him? Let's see here. Hey, can you see this? Hey. We can't hear you. Oh, boy. Hey, so uh, in the weekly news, <laughs> we have uh, uh, in the USA Today are talking about how the uh, the nation's uh, weed war has turned many into prisoners and others into moguls. Let me uh, give you that right there. Um, you know, it's kind of what we do. It's why Tom and I have been doing this for years. It feels like we're like the Paul Revere's of fucking weed, where you're just like, hey, everybody's going to jail, and uh, this thing doesn't kill anybody. You know, that's that's where we're at. 
Like now they're catching up to us after we've been doing this for 10 years. And, you know, it's unfortunate that there are uh, uh, the prisoners and the failure, uh, especially in our uh, minority communities. You know, a lot of this has been engaged towards us. Um, but, you know, along that line, you guys in Illinois are doing some pretty awesome shit with your equity program. Uh, you know, and then we got the Canada advisors who are coming on today, right? Uh, was it Jay Krasowski? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's gonna be dope. Oh wait, we got we got audio. Oh, oh shit! Can you guys hear me now? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear us? Okay, I can hear you now too. Hey, that was a wonderful example of something that worked in the green room, and then when we went live, it did nothing. That was wild, dude. That was wild. I I'm not the biggest fan of it, but um, you know we we kind of got past it. I'm not sure how that's going to work for next week when I'm supposed to be at the uh, Illinois summit. If I just suddenly go down like I that, because that's my iPhone rig. Like, I don't even need these anymore, I don't think, because I'm just talking to you through my speaker here, right? Oh, what do you need? Updates maybe or something? I don't know. No, it was all updated. It's it's just that when you're doing um, when you're doing the phone, it says that it's in beta as you go into it. Oh. So, and then, of course, I immediately got a phone call from a client that, we don't need to discuss anymore. But uh, that is one of the reasons why I tell my clients, hey, if it's 2 o'clock on a Wednesday, don't call. But they do. And um, that's just how it is. It's the me, me, me culture. But uh, let's go to the news. And I do apologize for the four minutes of technical difficulties, which we will be cutting out of things. Miggy is tasting the news. And uh, I'm going to just put that one in there. So October might see a third country legalize marijuana. Did you hear about Mexico maybe legalizing marijuana, Mickey? Yeah, that's been in the process for a while. That's This is not no overnight shit. I even wrote a statement. Uh, Amy Case Keene, who's a very large activist uh, in the national sense, she worked with who? She's worked with, uh, uh, oh, there's this group called FAAT. I don't know what it stands Fat. for. Yes, FAT. You look them up, but they're all proactive in the United Nations type shit. And it was kind of sad when the UN, when that thing, uh, when they didn't come up with their, uh, you know, it should be legalized shit. All they said was, we think it's less, you know, dangerous. But yeah, the Mexico thing's been, and with Mexico, it's not just cannabis. There's there's all kinds of uh, small amount possession shit they're, they're passing. Uh-oh, somebody's bandwidth lagging. Is that you or me? Uh-oh. Lord, help! Oh, Tom, you're still having issues. Ah, he needs to stay off those websites. <laughs> uh, so hey, let's uh, oh shit, let's see if we can get Tom. Tom, shut down. Come back on one more time. Let's do this one more time. We can do it. All right. So what else? We got Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is actually going to be letting out inmates for early release for drug crimes, which I think is pretty awesome. Nice. Here, let me uh, so you can share the link in the YouTube's or wherever else that uh, producer Laura has access to. And so, what else is going on in the news, Lauren? Do you have anything that you 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 think is uh, topical or uh, um, pressing in the world of legalization? I do want to get in the applications, but uh, I do want to have time on for that. Yeah, uh, plus uh, with, really exciting uh, time for Illinois right now. Are you going to apply? Are you going to be getting involved? No, not yet. <laughs> I'm going to see how this goes first. Well, I mean, you're on the forefront, man. Just put yourself in debt for like half a million. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be that hard. <laughs> You come over to Illinois and try something. You need residency. I, well, how long is the residency? It's like uh, three months or some shit. Mm. But yeah, no, I mean, I would. But even in Washington, uh, uh, this whole legalization shit set up for people with money. You know, it's uh, 
in the early days of Washington's legalization with uh, the medical, um, anybody had a chance. You know, I, uh, so as you can see, I have my little small babies here. Looking good. Yeah, well, that's actually not so good. Last year, the other ones that I had were like seven feet tall, six feet tall. These are not going to be great, but uh, I'll be lucky if I get a bud, pretty much. But uh, 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 what's the whole point being is in the early days of uh, Washington state legalization, um, you know, that I can turn over for a profit at a store or at a, uh, a rec center um, and, and fucking have a chance. I, I would be in the, you know, uh, the chance to be in this. And that's who a lot of these uh, recreational people are, are people who saved money, who are wise and doing all the right shit. Um, you know, that's who's involved right now. Of course, then you got the, the huge investors. Which, uh, uh, you know, our guest, he's part of one of the bigger groups, Arcview. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of big uh, hands out there being played. But unfortunately, you need a big hand to play in this recreational game. The medical game, Oklahoma is still game. Like, if you're an Oklahoma citizen, there's still a chance for you to be a millionaire without the government knowing. And really, that's what it comes down to, right? Taxes and all the shit that we be fucking, as grown-ups, got to abide by. You know, payroll. Um, different things. Guys, hey! Can you hear me? Yay! Can you hear me? Shake once for yes and twice for no. Oh man, this is uh, the Chicago internet that I pay sixty dollars a month for. Really, kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie about that. Is it Comcast? You know the lie. It's Comcast. Of course, it's Comcast. I figured. Yeah. You guys stick with the city, my friend. But uh, so, how's it going? I'm okay though. Good. Do you have uh, earbuds or your ear? If you're using a phone, I don't have earbuds in my ear. I can put them in. So we can hear you. Yeah. A little clearer. I can hear, I can hear him fine. Oh, no, I can hear you fine. All right. I just think it was just that. Oh, no. That, oh, no, that, that doesn't help. I guess that's the issue. Yeah, the earbuds. Earbuds are bad. All right, Apple. Get, get on this shit. Our, <laughs> our 10 subscribers are getting pissed off right now. <laughs> our six viewers. What we got going on? Did we lose a person yet? Oh, Tom's on mute. Literally, he's on mute. Unmute yeah, your shit. Those, what are they called? The Airbuds or whatever? Airbuds. Yeah. Airbuds or that's the your shit. I'm texting him right now. AirPods. <laughs> they keep muting you, man. Oh, never mind. He's uh uh gonna try to go. Reboot. Hey, this is what I do all fucking day. This is why tech sucks. Like, so honestly, like so today, a special day where I'm at home because I gotta fix a dryer. Um, good times. But this is my uh only thing that I do now because uh, uh my website had to go away. Um, and then we really can't talk about why, because uh, the reason why it was shut down is because we all don't really use our real names in cannabis. This whole conversation, you know, we're still like ghosts. So you still have a chance to like disappear if you're uh, like not feeling good about things. And, and and honestly, in this activism side, you'll you'll see a lot. You'll meet a lot of weird people. <laughs> it's just straight up like you don't want to have them come to your barbecue. You're like this this motherfucker, you know, but they are an American. They do have a voice and they do vote. So you got to just be like, all right, you know, we're on the same team ish but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh so else is going on here oh yeah so uh hemp's always in the news but you know the news is tom really he's so funny because i think his perspective on these the news issue is because he's on the business side of things he looks at the like uh, relevant shit i just look mm -hmm. like who's getting fucked with and and you know we got people sitting in jail for 26 20 20 years uh uh I got letters from prison sometimes. There's a gentleman, Andy Cox. He's reached out to me several times. Uh, you know, uh, it's very depressing. You know, I was like, yeah, I could talk about this shit all fucking day, but uh, you're going to want to like slit your wrist and fuck America after you're done because uh, this is not happy shit. 
and, and but at the same time, you got people on jet skis and trips to Hawaii, and it's a, it's a plant that's it's a good thing. It's a it's a natural loving thing that uh, we should not be ashamed of as people involved with it. But yet we still have the stigmas. Oh, here we go. Oh crap! Am I finally back? I You're think back. so. You were good. Can You're you good. Hear me? Yes. All right. Can you, can you hear me? We've all learned one thing: never try something new. <laughs> Ever. I think Apple needs to get on it. You need to. But I'm, you guys can hear me though. We can actually have a show now. I think we're good to we go. All right. Well, how are we going to salvage this uh, dumpster fight? Well, I'm sure like the content was fantastic. What we're happened, good. Guys? We're good. Yeah. I rambled. Okay. Uh, I was talking about my perspective about how, like, you know, I'm on the prison side of things. All the uh, the sad, depressing, not. Um, oh yes. You know. Everything that's going wrong with it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And it doesn't pay bills. It's just uh, uh, an advocacy thing, right? It's a. Uh, but yeah, I got a name. And then you on the business side, because as you said, you want to do the show about news and shit. But you're right. always on the uh, legal stuff, which I always find in in myself too now to be a. Uh, uh, awareness you know like being an adult we're like oh really gotta pay attention to shit where right well it's it's all very important and then the thing is when you have uh an illegal demographic it's really easy to keep them oppressed so as it becomes a business and money gets into it and that becomes influence and then you can buy lobbyists and then you can actually start changing the laws to get them prisoners out of jail but um yeah that's how we first met man back in the doing it for uh doing it because it's the right thing and that's just really what we've continued to do and it's still the right thing now and i think with illinois and how they're doing it and trying to approach social equity it's going to create a lot of new companies and our guest is going to absolutely be talking about that here uh pretty soon with us so you know I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, you guys are doing it right. You know, Lauren, that's part of the thing we're talking about. Lauren was saying she's excited about that conversation too. So, yeah. So what else you got going on? We were, uh, uh, you're talking about before you cut out. Well, there was a couple of stories that I wanted to get, but like I totally had some uh, technical difficulties and it really had to do with, you know, the number of banks they're released at the end of every quarter. So September 30th quarter ended and then June 30th, what numbers were reported. So the number of banks, that are banking cannabis has continued to increase and the number of credit unions that are banking cannabis has continued to increase. So that's, that's good. And hopefully as the safe banking act continues and goes through to the Senate, uh, we'll have even more news to report on that. But other than that, that was really the only few stories that we saw. I mean, most people aren't at Congress. I think Congress is at recess. A lot of people are at recess provided that they're making laws. And then we were going to talk about, what's going on in Illinois and it's, it's application season for dispensaries. And that's why we're going to have Jay on the show from Canada advisors to talk all about how to win an application. Yeah, no, I think it's just all exciting. Yeah. Should we bring them on? Right. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Jay, can you tell us about uh, Canada advisors? Sure. I'll tell you the who, what, when, and where. How about that? <laughs> so um, I can tell you that Canada advisors started quite by accident. Uh, in 2012. Uh, we were uh, early operators in Colorado since 2009. In fact, the 10-year anniversary of us opening our first dispensary is coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, in 2012, uh, Connecticut just passed a medical bill legislatively, and Massachusetts also passed a medical bill um, by ballot initiative. We had no intention of starting a consulting company, but a group of uh, folks from Connecticut reached out 
asked us if we could help them win one of only four licenses the state was going to issue. We said, sure. I had no idea you know, how, how that's accomplished because Connecticut was the first competitive state with limited licenses. Went to work with these guys for a year. And in January 2014, uh, we were awarded one of those four licenses. At about the same time, we were doing some work in Massachusetts. And when the dust settled there, we won three of the original 20 vertically integrated licenses in Mass. It was just Diane and I back then working out of the house. Diane Zarkowski is my wife and business partner. We've been business partners since we've been engaged. Uh, fast forward to 2019, uh, we're a full-time firm of uh, 25 people with offices in downtown Boulder, uh, Boulder Colorado. Um, you know, it's funny, over the last few years, one of the states that we worked in was uh, Illinois back in 2014, when they had their first round of licensing, where we were successful in helping a group win a dispensary license and a different group in one of the cultivation licenses. Uh, so we're excited that five years later, uh, Illinois is coming around again. Nice. So how are you seeing the uh, change from putting together your team and your applications with this new social equity aspect for those 20% of the points that Illinois has built in? Sure. So um, as the leader of a 25-person firm, I have, I have people on my team that are a lot more tuned into the nuances of the regs than me. But uh, clearly, we run every application project that it's a political campaign. We've lost and we've won licenses by a fraction of a point in the past. Wow. So whatever points are available, um, it will be awarded for the social equity component. We have to maximize that. So that's a critical uh, piece to every team that we're going to be working with. It has to be because those are the groups that are going to win. Hey, Jay, right. uh, your your team, the, the the firm. I imagine you guys offer a package, right? As advisors, you're um, legal, structural. Because I love the fact that you are a construction guy. Like, um, I don't know if you know, but Canacon, the guy behind Canacon, is also construction. And uh, it just seems I don't I don't know if you're paying attention earlier when I was rambling on about how uh, people who were in the plant early and, and made money, uh, and then were able to. It just seems like a natural progression for you to now be involved into the bigger picture of things. That, no, it, is, it was funny. I, I think I missed that part of the conversation earlier because I was actually hustling back here from the building department in Boulder, Colorado. Nice. So, so you're still involved in permitting and all that crap too, uh, hands-on? To some degree. I mean, I really enjoy construction and it, it's funny. We're, we're at the point now where my wife and I, my, my Diane just took a sabbatical and I'm looking to take a sabbatical, but I'm not going to rest. I want to do a construction project during my sabbatical. Cannabis. So I, I love construction, love the trades. Yeah. How long have you been in construction? Oh, uh, you know, since um, you know, since the dot since after the dot-com crash. So probably 2002-ish, we got involved with developing real estate. And uh, you know, in 2009, 2010, really all we've done since then is just uh cannabis projects. Well, that has to be a, a wealth of knowledge because the uh, the outlay that you're supposed to do, you're supposed to provide the floor plan. And if you've done lots of floor plans, that probably becomes very, very easy for you. It does. And it's funny when I eat. So I, I, I always I, I do a lot of you know, occasional speaking engagements. And I always I always start by telling people uh, when I got into this industry back in 2009, I, I could assure you that nobody knew less than I did about the cannabis industry. So we opened the dispensary, uh, we leased our first warehouse, and I told my guys, I said, all right, I leased the building, 
know, here's the keys. I want to see plants in there by Friday. And sure, yeah. they have plants in there by Friday. I thought, you know, you hung up the lights, you put the plants on, you give them water, and voila, right? You're in money up to your elbows. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the unfortunate ending of that story was we took our first harvest to the Boulder County landfill. So not only did I not get any, I, not only did I not get paid for my first crop, I had to pay someone to take it off my hands. So you had a, you had a bad certainly. So is that one of the reasons why you really need to impress upon some people the capital requirements that are involved in this industry? Certainly, certainly. You know, it's it's a much lower barrier to entry to open a dispensary, right? You know, some ten and finish and some other you know uh, compliance systems. But uh, yeah, really do a cultivation facility right? You know, these days, and you know, to be competitive, you know, to do it right, contaminant free, you know, clean product. Uh, same with processing and manufacturing. It certainly does take a lot more money than it did when we got started. Well, being in the game too, for somebody who's been in a dispensary, and then now I imagine you've been in projects <clears throat> as far as uh, grows and shops. You you've seen uh, pretty much a three sixty of the cannabis industry, so you can have that full on. This is what you need to run a business if you want to play in Illinois or whatever. Certainly, certainly. And let's face it, there's uh, you know there, there's a I don't know what the current number is of. Uh, dispensary that are that dispensaries that are open in Illinois right now, but let's face it, that that's the competition, right? These 75 new licenses are going to be competing against, uh, you know, X number of established businesses. So yeah, these new groups are going to need to have their stuff together quick and uh, and execute, you know, effectively. Yeah, do you think that uh, advisors on your uh, your team that you're putting together for your application would be advantageous in? Uh, getting your doors open in a timely fashion because of all the experience that you have in opening other uh, dispensaries across the country? For sure. But, um, you know, just uh, you know, to clarify, so we won't be putting in any of our own applications. We always work with local partners. Uh, right. So the, lo the local partnership piece is, uh, is huge. And it's funny, we've learned over time, if we really do our job properly on the front end, right, if we've, you know, not only, you know, a winning application, local support, proper plans. But if we help our client groups properly build and round out their teams with all the right players, uh, it's kind of interesting sometimes uh, how how little we're needed if we've done our job effectively on the front end. Are you guys more of them uh, uh, also? So I'm not a business guy. I'm just a stupid hippie that, you know, just met this lawyer guy. And so um, have for your, uh, when you get involved, say a business in Illinois is coming up, are you also doing like equity where someone says, all right, you can own 50% of my business if you help me get started? Because obviously the the, the minority application, the, the social equity application, is going to be a huge player in Illinois. So we, we, we do take equity and I'll, I'll lay that out because it's, um, it's a small piece and I'll explain that. Um, our model from 2012 is literally the same model that we have today. Uh, you know, I have a lot of you know, high uh, high end models to feed here at Can Advisor, so we need to charge fees on the front end. But we always have a, a success fee, and my favorite success fee is equity, uh, and it's uh, it's typically anywhere from two percent to five percent. Now, if it's two percent to five percent, I don't have a target on my back, right? No one's asking why does Jay Zarkowski own fifty percent of his business. So uh, we do take a little bit of equity as a success fee, but uh, as I like to say, nothing obnoxious. All right. I wanted to know then, uh, if you have that success fee, do you have to do one of those anonymous um, principal statements for Canada advisors then 
because they're contemplating that 2%. Yeah, it really depends state to state. In fact, there's been some states, just because of the way the laws were written, uh, we could not take any equity. Um, I'm not sure how things are going to shake out in this round in, in Illinois. Uh, we, we've, we've done other things, too. We've taken cash success fees. We've taken percent of gross. And sometimes the success fee just, for whatever reason, doesn't work out. And there's been situations where we've won licenses and we haven't had a success fee. So uh, it all depends on the state program and what the laws are. Well, it's not a 100% guaranteed no matter what this business you know uh that the culture of the cannabis it's it, it gone from a handshake and secrets to you know uh people spinning fucking flyers on the corner you know telling you the stories down the street and and as a consumer i've seen the range of consumer varieties you know like uh sick and healthy old and young uh all the you know colors in between you know america so uh, you guys offer a lot as far as coming from that perspective of the culture. You know, that's going to be a, someone who's been in the business, especially in Colorado. I mean, imagine, uh, you know, no one knows Jay Zakowski yet, but, you know, you'll eventually be a name because you're one of the first people that had a business. You know, one of the first people that took a chance. Well, thank you. As I like to say, I've enjoyed my front row seat to the circus. Nice. Oh, my gosh. How long? I mean, like. So, so 10 years you've been doing this. And once you described it as a grind and then uh, after doing it for several months, I'm like, yeah, these people just don't stop calling. And then there's just questions after questions. And then there's a trade show and you get this thing up. I mean, it, it there's the schedule on this industry is pretty intense. And it looks like right now it's kind of focused on Illinois uh, for the first wave of the dispensaries and then the craft grow and the infusers. What uh, what other emerging markets do you see on the horizon coming for 2020 in the United States? Yeah, 2020 is going to be exciting, guys. And I think 2021 will and 2022 will be even more exciting. But, you know, right now, the, the fourth quarter for us is certainly uh, Illinois, uh, Illinois dispensary. Uh, the first quarter of 2020 is also looking like Illinois uh, cultivation and processing. Uh, we should also see in the first quarter. Uh, I'll call it New Jersey round four. New Jersey has had three licensing rounds at this point, but they've been incredibly limited. Um, we're hearing, and I'm on the board of the Industry Association in New Jersey, uh, we're hearing we should finally see a broad expansion of uh, licenses uh, sometime next year. We're here in the first quarter. Uh, Florida continues to rear its ugly head. And uh, I make that comment because uh, for years, Massachusetts held the title to the most dysfunctional uh, cannabis uh, program in, in, in the country. Uh, Florida took that title away from Massachusetts a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, incredibly limited there. Uh, you know, Florida has what I like to refer to as uh, the family cartels. You have a small number of, uh, of businesses, and the state has allowed some of them to uh, open an unlimited number of dispensaries. Uh, Florida should open up at some point since the uh, Multiple courts have now ruled, uh, ruled the current program uh, unconstitutional. Georgia is going to have an application process at some point uh, in 2020. Uh, Utah will have an application process for. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it like, drops his, the jaw. Yeah. What? Utah is going to have a round, you think, in 2021? Utah, no, Utah, uh, Utah already issued cultivation licenses this year, and they're going to oh. issue uh, a dozen dispensary licenses next year. Go nice. Hey, so it's, it's shocking, right? But it's it's happening finally. Yeah. You know, I think as you were 
rambling off the states, and 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 I mean, honestly, it's a continuing list of always new cannabis players. New, uh, 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 I mean, fuck, when Mississippi gets involved, that's when I'll start getting excited, you know. But uh, just because you're like, yeah, it's, but it's going to be on the ballot in Mississippi in 2020. Uh, yeah, I mean that that just is uh progress, you know. That's uh, and so my whole point being is in your position with like the NCIA, uh, being on these boards, I think you're in a great position as when it comes to legalization because I mean, you're on the forefront of this billion dollar industry, and and, and so being someone that can help you get that license and, and be a go to, I mean, you automatically offer a network that, uh, uh as a business person, if I'm about to drop. A half a million dollars on something that's what i want I, I need some insurance i need some sort of experience right i just think it's great yeah you know no guarantees certainly but uh you know we, we take our responsibility uh seriously to win right yeah and it's difficult and i think that the illinois competitive nature is going to be quite competitive but i think that because of the uh, injection of the social equity I've had some clients get cold feet and just decide to not pursue it because they didn't want or they didn't have any social equity talent on their team. And they they, they were like, give up 51 percent of control. I don't want to do that. Yeah, well, you know, what? if uh, if uh, if they're not comfortable with that and they don't have that piece covered, then it's uh, certainly not for them because they probably won't want a license if they don't have that part covered. Yep. What's the projected uh, uh, Illinois market? It's what two? It's three times the population of Colorado, so it's about 13 million people plus 100 million people go to Chicago on an annualized basis. Um, yeah, call it two, you know, two and a half, three x. So yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a three, four billion dollar uh, adult use market. I mean, so right, right, right. Okay. Well, I was going to say that just reflects current trends. I mean, we're still going against a long-held pre prejudice, even in legalization states of. Washington and Colorado, you guys probably still experience prejudice toward cannabis smokers, uh, or at least I would imagine so. I mean, uh, Miggy rails on that all the time on our show about how they're still fighting against the stigma. And we're still fighting against the stigma in Illinois as well. So they kind of get capped at that 20% of the population uses cannabis. And I think as there's increasing social use and uh, different types of infused beverages and other types of products that they can have, and it becomes more publicly acceptable, that 20% will grow and maybe fewer people will drink. I don't know. Well, 20% seems like a small number to me just for even a recreational market because you can't have a fucking billion-dollar industry with, like, 20% people population. It's not a thing, I, I don't think. Not a, not a sustaining one. Well, I think what's going to you know, really go toward, you know, changing percep perception and, you know, in increasing people's uh, interest um, in trying cannabis and using cannabis is, you know, the development of, of the products, right? Uh, development of brands, you know, brands that resonate with somebody. Um, you know, there, there might be a, a soccer mom who just is against cannabis, but, you know, one day she, you know, she sees a brand that, uh, that resonates with her, right? And she decides to try it. So, you know, the industry continues to mature and, and as it matures, right, you know, people may find their their place in it or, 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 or not. I love how you use the mature uh, perspective because it's like dabbing. When dabbing starts, well, at least for me as a consumer, it was just the kids, right? And I was like, you know, they're, they're having a party, whatever. That's fine. That It looks whatever. And then I've done it. I liked it. But I like the more grown-up version of a vape pen. We walk around and just 
you know, consume a little bit of wax throughout your day, nothing overpowering. Um, and that's what you're saying. It grows up. There's a, there's a perception. Yeah, I still enjoy uh, smoking, you know, smoking flour. Um, pens are nice when I travel. Um, you know, there's, there's been a couple, there's one situation, there's an underground social use lounge in New York city that I visited a month or so ago. And I kind of walk in looking like this and they're like, you know, who's this guy? So the first, uh -oh. so I, first thing I did was hit their dab bar and, you know, <laughs> didn't knock back just one, but, you know, in, in quick succession, three big dabs and they, all right, this guy's, this wow. guy's yeah. not a cop. Yeah. Not a cop. Yeah. Not a cop. I would have hit those three big dabs <laughs> and then just fallen right over but, oh, okay. I, I, I brought an attorney friend of mine, and that's pretty much what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, they yeah. Like, I'll be hanging out with growers and stuff, and they'll just smoke me under the table. And I'll be like, look, guys, I enjoy this stuff, but you are professionals. Yeah. You know the problem, too, the perception. So, like, what I always preach, though, this is not freaking new. Uh, hash, you know, thousands of years old. It's just a concentrate. It's just another form. Tincture of cannabis indica was just routinely prescribed in this country by uh, for the pharmacists until 1942 when it was removed. And that's yeah. the only reason they called it marijuana was because it was in the pharmacopoeia. So they called it prohibiting cannabis. Well, that was in that book that I wrote. Remember, uh, Dr. Woodward yeah. came down in uh, 1937. There's like, that's not what we call it. And uh, they didn't care. Yeah, we're in, a, we're in a funny place in history, right? Like if you, if you look at this 5,000 or 7,000 year chunk of time where it's been, you know, clearly documented that people have used cannabis, it's just in, you know, our lifetimes, right? You know, the majority of, you know, the, the people that are still alive on this earth, it's been in our lifetimes that cannabis has been illegal. So, right, it's a, it's a historic glitch. I'm sure 300 years from now, people will be looking back like, oh man, those poor folks, they, there's all, you know, three generations. How to use yeah. cannabis, right? You know, well, my son, it's also a continuing education and, and truth thing. I always think that part of our problem is that we have a drug ignorance, you know, where we, you know, coffee's a drug, uh, uh fucking everything's, a, you know, that you want to have without need for it is a fucking drug. But even cannabis, though, is a good thing, it's a, it's a healthy thing. But my son asked me the difference. He's like, What's the difference between tincture and uh, uh, the flower? And I was like, Think of it like this eat an orange and orange juice. You know, and that's what people really still need to understand, I think. Well, for sure. You know, there, there's, um, it's funny. I was flying home. From, you mentioned Arcview earlier. I was, you know, flying home from the last most recent Arcview group meeting in New York City uh, just a couple of days ago. And I was sitting next to a guy who's in education. He has some kind of a media company. He does, you know, I guess, you know, elementary through high school, like educational programs. And clearly, like, this guy did not smoke weed, Right. And I'll always bring up the conversation. I mean, Christ, I don't want to tell too many stories, but I was sitting on a plane one time next to a retired cop from Florida who was adamantly against cannabis because he thought the kids would get at it. I just happened to have a single use, uh, you know, 10 milligram chocolate on my briefcase and I handed it to him. Like, go ahead and see if you could open that. It was childproof. He couldn't get into it. Mm -hmm. so I opened it, broke it in half, asked him if he wanted half. He said no, of course. So I ate the whole thing and we continued on with our flight. But you know, this gentleman I was sitting next to last week commented on how, well, doesn't it make you nervous that the federal government could just shut, you know, shut you down like that? And I kind of laughed. And I think the reality that most people don't know is that the federal government isn't shutting this down. I mean, just when uh, Sessions refused to renew that one memorandum earlier this year, you know, his fellow Republican, you know, one of my senators, Corey Gardner, you know, 
pulled up every single Justice Department nomination for uh, until they hit 110 backlog. Trump finally intervened and said, don't worry, we're not going to do anything. So the federal government shutting down the industry, not, not happening on this planet. Yeah. And then the, they just the Congress actually just overwhelmingly passed the Safe Banking Act. Now it goes to the Senate. And Trump did. That was one of the more popular YouTubes. I was able to kind of make fun of him a little bit about. Uh, how far you can go with executive orders after he said, you know, we're allowing the states to do this. You know, they're just very clear, clearly uh, telecasting to the public that that's what they're going to allow them to do. And then the number of banks continues to reflect that. The number of banks increased again last quarter, and I bet it'll increase again this next quarter. And then I bet these banks are correlating to all these emerging markets that you're discussing uh, that are coming up to bat in 2020, 2021. So if you get the Safe Banking Act that passes, the industry could really mature. And you were mentioning something about brands. And so I would like to touch on that and also supply chains because everything is within its own territory. All states are encapsulated in and of themselves. How does brand, which needs to be you know, uh, it could be international in the sense that that McDonald's hamburger should be identical to that McDonald's hamburger, no matter what country you're in. How are you seeing companies and cannabis operators addressing this issue of brands so that when I go to California or Colorado or Washington, my brand of cannabis, let's use GTI because they're a multi-state operator. My GTI brownie scout is going to taste exactly the same. So it is incredibly difficult, right? To take a brand from, you know, the original, you know, original state uh, to new states. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with GTI's products, but, you know, any formulation, right? The actual formulation, you know, that should be able to be replicated, right? But yeah, if a state, if someone wants to expand, they have to get a whole new license in a whole new state, build a whole new facility. And the hard part is they have to abide by a completely different set of rules, right? The packaging requirements may or may not be different. Labeling may or may not be different. You know, I got a guy down in Denver. He has a laser etching machine because he needs to, you know, laser etch his uh, chocolate-covered, uh, you know, 10 milligram coffee beans with THC. He doesn't have to do that in other states. So uh, it's difficult. Um, you know, one thing that I think is going to be exciting to look forward to one day is, and this will happen when we have some movement, uh, some legalization at the federal level, when we start to see interstate commerce now it's right. because there's going to be states that are, that are going to want to protect their local industry and they're not going to want to come in from other states but it'll happen slowly right but you know that's going to be the big game changer that's when i think we'll see more brand consistency across geographic areas well we already have multi-brand brands like chiba shoes willie's reserve you know again it's about who you do business with the quality that you but as you were saying, though, you can't have – it's all about genetics. You know, I can't say that the same blue dream in Oregon is the same blue dream in Washington or the same blue dream in Colorado just because, uh, yeah, that means I brought the seeds from each place. And now, you know. It's a jump, though. Sure. Yeah. You mentioned Chiba Chews, man. Old school. I used to love those old Chiba Chews. They're still around. Chiba Chews. I've seen them. Wait a second. Let's, uh, educate a poor uh, young country lawyer for a moment about Chiba Chews. Well, I haven't had one since it was, they had like 2X, they had the 10X. It's like, there was no milligrams, right? Oh, wow. Um, well, it, the brand, the name itself, like in Washington State, there were Chiba Chews when I was, so again, medical. You have a lot of people, 
existing in a medical area, and then they that's where they create the brand, uh, create their base. Uh, uh, so Chiba Shoes, I mean, I don't know origins, I don't know who owns what, I just know the brand existed in Washington, also existed in uh, uh, California, and now mysteriously exists in Nevada. So, you know, it's a brand started and, right here in Colorado back in 2010. Is that Colorado? Oh, see, I don't know. I I don't ask who. I just say, hey, that's what I want. <laughs> you know, it's, again, the old cannabis culture. We don't ask like, hey, you know, where did we you get to it? To Chiba Chu to make sure that they get an infuser license in 2020. So if you're watching Chiba Chu, call me. <laughs> yeah, no, and Willie's reserved. Like, that's that, another one. Like, yeah, sure. some type of like you said, X double X. So is this something that's going around where they're not actually marketing, or is it? Is it got like a little logo that's the same in all states? Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I haven't followed Shiba Chu in, in years. But you know, that's because it's just marketing, good marketing. You know, especially when it the the industry was young as far as medical in uh, California, medical in Washington, and medical in Oregon. It, it was a pay to play, but a poor man pay to play where you just had to say, I got a bad back or I mean, because it is medicine. But at the same token, 18 year olds, there's a lot of 18 year olds with bad backs. So uh, yeah, a, I got a bad foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it should be just I had a sad day. That's why you should be allowed to have fucking marijuana. God damn it. But hey, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, Chiba Chews, Willie's Reserve is a big one. And there's a couple others that are. And others multi states, as well as we have in Washington State, have a heart, which there's now a have a heart in uh, on the Bay Area in California. So the multi brands are out there, you know. Oh shit, I think we lost Tom. Oh boy. Tom, oh, no. There you are. I'll be oh, right shit. back, guys. <laughs> oh, no. oh, am I back? Yeah, you're back now. Can you now hear me or no? No, I can hear you. You can hear me? All right. I can't can hear, hear you. you. But um, you need a Samsung. You know, that's what happens. Say something now. You need a Google. You need a, a droid. You need. I oh, he can't hear us. Oh, shit. I, I need to use my other cell phone when I do this so clients can't call me. Use the um, drug phone, Tom. Use the drug phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. I'll be right back. So he can't hear us. Anyways, uh, have you have you worked with any uh, multinational brands, Jay? You know, it's it's funny. We're, we're starting to. We've, um, we've soundly... Uh, beaten a lot of the larger MSOs for licenses. Um, I like to say that we're responsible for diversifying the gene pool of the industry. You know, we'll typically work with uh, just regular folks, right, that want to get involved um, and help them get their first license. Um, but the larger organizations have taken notice uh, on, you know, their defeats at the hand of, hand of our wins. And some of them are starting to come around now and uh, they're asking us if we could uh, help them get their licenses and I'm not sure how we feel about that. So like if I were to approach Canadvisors, just a small time yoke, nobody, uh, I got shit credit. Let's just start that because I've been involved in cannabis. And so uh, I couldn't, I just a pretend scenario, you know, so couldn't build credit. Right. But, um, and I come to you and say, Hey, I've been involved in weed. I got a brand. Can I, can you help me? Do you help with like investment? Cause you're part of all these investment groups and all the other stuff as well. For sure. Um, I've been a member of the ARCFI group since uh, 2013, back when there was just a, a small number of us sitting around a U-shaped table. I don't even think anybody invested any money back then. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. I hear you now. What's that? Uh, what's the RFE groups? Uh, ARCFI. The ARCFI? The ARCFI group? ARCFI. 
I'm arc sorry, view. I was hearing an acronym, ARC and VIEW together. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, my, Diane and I are active investors and we're you know, part of a larger network of uh, more investors. Right, so you, you can help somebody from the ground up if they have a good enough package, I guess, is what I'm, I guess the point, point, right? Like I was at a, 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 an investor group meeting uh, here in Seattle. There were uh, a lot of millionaires and uh, uh, you know, I, I would like to pay my bills doing this one day. Right. I would, but the, the shit I do is mostly media. It's, it's, it's social media and all that crap. So likes and, and all that shit, eventually it can pay bills, but it doesn't do it now. But in the sense of the cannabis space, you know uh, if I had a business ideal brought to you, you know, saying, "Hey, after here's the package, and here's what here where I think it'd be a perspective outreach." You know, would that be something like you? Then I would catch your ear, right? So, anyways, at this multi-million dollar investment group, I asked them, "What makes you want to invest?" And their their biggest thing was, "You got to have an exit strategy, right?" Like, I don't have an exit strategy because I want to do this forever. I'm always going to help people, at least with weed shit, if it's weed related or writing and all that stuff. I'm always doing this until. Well, it's not a business then. Yeah, yeah. I don't have no exit strategy. So well, that's important. Like, if, if whenever I give somebody money, the first thing I want to know is like, how am I getting my money back? Right. right. I, I want to get my money back eventually. I mean, I you seem like a good guy, and I like you, but I'm gonna to want to get my money back one day. Right. And nice. I think that's one of the more challenging aspects when I explain to uh, prospective clients what they're really looking at when they're getting into this new industry and they don't have an existing operation in another state. And so they're putting together, it's their first rodeo, you know, they got to buy all the boots and equipment and, and put it all together so you can get their doors open once. So how do you have that conversation with people about how are they going to get their money back and what is their, what do they have to be comfortable losing? Cause it's a competitive application. You don't win every time. And there is that initial upfront cost to get to there. Sure. So, you know, people that want to raise what we'll call it the we call it pursuit capital, right? So, people that want to raise money on the front end to fund their license pursuit, of course, that is incredibly risky, right? Because you don't get a license, that money is gone. Uh, so, it's incredibly difficult, uh, and it's somewhat rare for people to successfully raise. Uh, outside investor capital just for their license pursuit. Now it's more appropriate, you know, for people to come together um, and, and pool money, friends and family. You know, more of a of an insider round uh, that when people come up with that risk capital. But you know, for a, a group, even if they're extremely well qualified to go to you know an outside source and ask for money. You know, most of this, most of these investment sources are going to be, you know, very leery of investing in a license pursuit just because it's so risky. Now, once that license is awarded, right, completely different story. There's going to be a, a number of folks that are invested or interested in investing once somebody has that license. Right. So you would not advocate structuring the pursue capital. You would uh, advocate, and this this makes sense because I what I've heard pitches, and I'm like, we're going to go raise this and this. I'm like, you're not showing that you're adequately capitalized, and I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. But you, because what I have to explain to them is like, look, it's going to cost you quite a bit of money to put to get put it together. You will definitely have a high quality application. I just don't know if that high quality application will get you a cannabis license. Well, the friends and family. I know that's a big uh, investment that they look at first. Like if your friends and family aren't willing to invest in you, why should I? Exactly. Right. And, you know, we, we, 
you know, there's been situations in the past where we have uh, structure raises um, where some of the capital came in for the pursuit. As an example, uh, we were doing a project in Pennsylvania where I think we were, you know, looking to line up $15 million post license. So we were going out and, you know, help, helping this particular group line up that money. But the caveat was, hey, we'll save you a spot post license, but you have to put up a very small percentage of that now for the pursuit. So this group surprisingly was able to raise most of their pursuit capital. We've, we've done that now two or three times, but it really has to be a solid group, right? That impresses people who are willing to give up their hard earned cash for this risky. So that pursuit capital, then they're, they're raising in small increments with prop bigger promises. Like they're buying an option to get at that and then they pay for their application that way. So that they've, they've really uh, spread their risk. So they aren't going to be out like one guy who has to pay the full license fee himself, you know, because he's going to self fund. He's not going to be even risking that. He's they've they've gotten these other people on the line and made promises so that they'd get the equity in the in the back end and fund the, the build outs. Yes. Cool. It's it's but it sounds like that's a it's a cool thing if it happens, but it's it's something that isn't that uh, normal, right? It's it's not. It's, it really has to be a solid group. And just from my perspective, when Diane and I are making an investment, it's it's the person. You know, it, it's the people that we invest in. Cool. Well, Tom's always said it too uh, before. Like I imagine to get to this recreational space, the recreational uh, 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 fuck to be part of the billion dollar industry, you got to start off with a couple hundred thousand just just to be an established business. The licensee, the contracting. The uh, uh, the can advisors. I mean, you got to have some equity. You got to start off with something, that kind of idea before you decide. Hey, um, here's my not planned. You know, you got to have a plan. That's the whole point. Where, you know, a lot of these kids coming up and they just think ah, I can grow a plant and I'll be a part of the industry, but you're not. You know, you, you'll start off as a bud tender and then you can maybe you'll work your way up within one company, but you're not going to be a mogul. You're not going to own a dispensary, not unless you start off with that investment, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly it's it's state dependent, right? Um, you know, for better or for worse, yeah, these next seventy-five licenses in Illinois, it's going to be competitive. Now, if you compare that to a state like Oklahoma, right? They, you know, passed their program, uh, you know, by vote in June of last year, June of twenty eighteen. I know it's kind of a strange month to vote, but that's what happened. You know, there's really no limit on licenses. So, in a situation like that. I mean, yeah, it's uh, the uh, the next generation of, of uh, cannabis mogul ship is uh, it's open, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma. I was I was there for uh, um, a week before they passed the uh, the, the medical bill. Uh, the CB shops were everywhere, so they already had an infrastructure uh, yeah, for cannabis ready a consumer. Uh, when I was there for Seattle Hemp Fest. Um, Oklahoma is what Washington was. It's still the Wild West. It's a good opportunity to be a millionaire, you know, if you're there. Sure. Well, I I just thought that that was going to be something that wasn't the case in the sense that because the barriers to entry are so low in Oklahoma, anybody who wants to sell cannabis basically can. And because of that, it's more of an unfettered capitalism. And then they also said that there's no restriction on licenses. So somebody in theory could corner the number of licenses in Oklahoma. 
Dude, the, the business, the infrastructure there, they already have a community, a culture there. And and so just like in Washington, where uh, people who were like dab stars, um, you have this counterculture that starts here. And a lot of these guys are millionaires now. A lot of these guys are invested into the, the, the recreational shops here. But they were part of the medical scene because now you're not paying taxes. You're not you're involved in a non-governed uh, business. You know, your 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 whole purpose is to have the best shop or the best grow. You know, you'll still use people like cannabis just because I I like have construction help. Great. I lost you guys here for a minute. Oh shit. But, right. Am I back or am I not back? I think we're all back. Right on. Okay, I uh, I am never doing another show in this Chicago apartment. Again. <laughs> uh, and I'm I, I would have a call on on this with uh, Comcast, but the problem with that is calling Comcast is always a bad idea. Oh, it's awful. It's it's de- it dehumanizes you. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for having or for like joining us, uh, Jay. Before we go, we did have a couple que- a question from Wobble and uh, Reefer AL Joint. Can you guys talk about the MedMen merger? Uh, any thoughts on that? The MedMen merger. Who are they merging with now? Or the- they were merging with PharmaCan and it fell through. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's. Yeah, I I don't put a whole lot of stock into what a lot of these big companies are up to. Um, and a lot of these big companies grew by acquisition. They're acquiring other companies that grew by acquisition. It's like a, oh my God, it's most of these, a lot of these large companies are so disorganized. It's a complete shit show. Uh, isn't it just capital suck that they're just always raising capital? I mean, so they, they, they pay themselves the salaries and all that. None of them are really posting profits. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of more, but listen, there, there's some good companies too. I mean, you know, right in your, right in your backyard is Cresco Labs. I'm a, right. I'm a Big, big, big supporter of Cresco. I love those guys. They got a great management team. Um, I think those guys will be one of the one of the survivors. Uh, Forefront Ventures, I think, Chicago and Massachusetts. There's some good companies out there, but there's bullshit out there too. Well, your company is 100. percent It's just you and your wife, so it's American business. It's American. Uh, 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 you know, what do you think about like the 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 Israel money coming in, the Canadian money? Uh, what happened in Massachusetts where they acquired a goddamn license for like a billion or a chain? Yeah, I don't know how much stock I put in that. I mean, I, I hear these things and it's like, you don't know what the real story is sometimes. Yeah, a billion dollars for a few shops in, New, in, uh, in Massachusetts. I heard about that. I forget the name, but I don't know. Uh, you know, the Israelis, I like them. They're cool because they're doing real research in Israel, right? They're, they're, yeah, that's happened. The Canadians, all right. Uh, I don't do business in Canada. Um, I don't own any. I don't hold any ownership of Canadian companies. Uh, it's kind of funny. The Canadians are making us look bad right now, right? Because they're exporting cannabis all over the world. That should be the United States. That should be us. Uh, all I could say is, is when the United States finally gets its act together and has some form of federal legalization, the Canadians better look out because we're gonna we're gonna crush them. Nice. All right. <laughs> Great. Well, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, where can we follow our find can advisors? You know, our website is uh, thinkcana.com. Uh, a lot of great information there. Great. And Tom, where can we find you? Well, you can find uh, you me can... on YouTube at Cannabis Legalization News, or uh, you can Google Cannabis Lawyer and find me at cannabisindustrylawyer.com. Great. And Miggy? We'll probably here next week because there's no more weed news, unfortunately. 
All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all your cannabis legalization news. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jay.